0: Goes. Despite what you do, who you are, just stay true when you grind and go hard. I'm a real go-getter, put Columbia on the map. If you think I'm
1: playing, yeah, you think I'm playing. Because I'm going to go hard and I'm going to do it for my street.
2: What's going on, everybody? This is the Tribe 44 podcast presented to you by United Citizens Bank in Southern Kentucky. It's a bank to come home to because it's locally owned and operated. UCB provides the best in customer-first care in Adair County. United Systems Bank. We do it all right here. For the show's intents and purposes, I am your host, Will Rich, and I am joined yet again tonight by our fearless leader, Clay Turner. Clay, how are you? I'm doing excellent tonight, Will. How are you, ma'am? I am doing very well. Hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. I'm sure I will have had a good Christmas. By the time this airs, Clay, you will have been to my house no, you were about to come to my house for our annual New Year's Eve Christmas shindig. Yep, exactly right. So that's in a couple days in the future. So that's awesome. Uh, let me go ahead and dive into our first segment. It's brought to you by Downey Eye Clinic. Downey has been the leader of optometry services in Adair County since 1981. And they're committed to providing the best personalized eye care possible for the people of Columbia. Clay, first thing I want to get into tonight, I want to give you some parenting advice
0: i'm ready for it i'm taking notes will because i need to well you're about to get
2: a dog so uh, uh, it's you can practice on the dog here's some parenting advice if you are not prepared to do something totally and i don't even know if this is a word but inequivocally
0: ridiculous was that a word yes it was i'm good with it
2: tribe 44 correction inequivocally is not a word unequivocally however is a word i'll now use it in a sentence Inequivocally is unequivocally not a word. Sweet. If you are not prepared to do something so ridiculous that when you step outside of your own body and see yourself in your mind and you and you think, wow, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done, then don't have kids because it's going to happen. So both of my kids have been sick. They have been, they, their stuff getting passed around at, their, at Dax's preschool, a little virus that's, that he's picked up. He's give it to Ace, they've all given it to me. So if you listen to last week's podcast and it sounded at the beginning like I was trying to be like low and have this sultry voice, no, I I have like a head cold. But I had to, after church tonight, I had to, I was given the job of going to the store and picking up a little bit of medicine because Dax is kind of on the mend but now Ace is doing all the same things that Dax was doing. So I had to go pick up a little bit of medicine from the store. Right after church. Well, Dax gets in his head that he just has to have something from the church. Like, it's now his new favorite thing. Clay, I'll give you two guesses on what that item is from the church that he just has to have and he cannot live without.
0: Okay. This is coming from somebody who who went to church as. Young as I can remember. And usually with little kids, they're fascinated by communion grape juice. That's a really good guess. Is that your final answer? Communion grape juice. By the way you answered that, I'm going to say it's not the right answer. But yes, I'm still going to go with that. That is a great guess. No... The thing that he had to have that he could not live without,
2: and it was not possible for him to live without it, before we left abruptly from church to go get Ace a little bit of medicine before we went home, was a torn-off piece of paper towel.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I would have been here for a while if that. to get to that answer. Not even, Clay, not even a full
2: square. It's a ripped, torn-off piece of paper towel.
0: Now, uh, couldn't he have got this at y'all's house? He very well could have, yes. That's uh, part
2: of the... But, Clay... That's not the point. The point is, why does he want it? Why did he want this? Why was it the thing that he could not live without? When I take it, I'm, I'm trying to leave. So I try to take it out of his hand, throw it in the garbage. He squalls. I mean, embarrassingly, like, lets me have it that I cannot take his new precious item. So I say, you know what? Ace is sick at home. I've got you by myself. To get the, Get the paper towel. Let's go. Take the paper towel, stick it in your pocket. Let's go on. Get in the car. So we go outside. He has to have it. He starts crying. There's cars everywhere, Clay. We're in a parking lot. He starts crying that the paper towel, if he holds my hand in the parking lot, then he might wrinkle his paper towel. Now, saying it out loud doesn't give it justice to how ridiculous it really is. And so I put it in my pocket and I said, just forget about it. It's going to be fine. Get him in the car. Blah blah blah. We get to the store. I open the door after he's holding this paper towel and so worried about it. Gust of wind, Clay. When I open the door, picks up his paper towel, but oh is, no, his, his precious blanket, and sends
0: it flying through the parking lot of Dollar General. So it, it had a uh, if you watch Christmas the Cranks, it was like a the Hickory Honey Ham episode. It was it blew away. It's it started to blow away and i'm thinking
2: okay maybe he didn't see it and he didn't at first and then i set him down and he looks back in the car seat and he says wait a minute where's my paper towel i said i don't know honey it's probably in there let's just go so i start to close the door well he sees it on the other side of the parking lot an epic meltdown so i to stop and if parenting experts just don't even Give me any crap about this because I w- my kids have been sick for like three weeks. I don't feel well myself. I'm not going to listen to a tantrum over this paper towel. So I take off through the parking lot after it. Wind's blowing. It's cold. I've got my three-year-old and his little togy out in the wind chasing a paper towel that has nothing on it through the Dollar General parking lot. And I start to catch up to it. Now, I'm not in the physical condition that I once was, Clay. So I'm huffing and puffing, chasing this thing. And I finally catch up to it. And one big gush of wind sends it under a vehicle of someone who I have no idea who it is. So I look at Dykes and I say, honey, it's under the car. I can't get it. I'm sorry. Well, he starts to pucker. So what do I do? I lay down on the ground and start crawling under this car to grab the paper towel, which is ridiculous in its own right, correct? It is. I get up to see that the owner of the car is now standing at the car and is totally, totally freaked out at the fact that this crazy person has his three-year-old crawling on the ground underneath their car. (laughs) And so they didn't say anything. They were just kind of looking at, which kind of made it worse, like kind of makes it worse to look at me and not say anything as I like embarrassingly slink away from their vehicle and I was like, I'm sorry, he dropped something underneath the car. And they were like, oh, can we help you get it? I was like, no, please, let me, I'll just, I'll just get it. So I reach under, and I grab it, and I didn't know what else to do. And I just raise up, and I was like, his favorite paper towel. And I, I just walked in Dollar General. Now, put yourself in that other person's shoes, Clay. I don't know them. Was that? Would that be the weirdest thing you've ever seen? Yeah, I'm not sure how you... Like, I don't know how I would react. To be honest with you. How would you have done it if it was if you were me? Would you have like explained the situation, or would you have been so embarrassed that you were just said something stupid like "Yeah, it's his favorite
0: paper towel," and walked into the and ha- walked into Dollar General? Probably would have tried to explain the situation, but I, that also would have been really weird and awkward as well.
2: I just felt like I did the right thing by just saying, "Yeah, this is his favorite paper towel," and walked into walked into Dollar General. The person now, I'm. I'm expecting some sort of restraining order because there's no way they think that that was a real situation. They think that I was trying to do something to their vehicle. They have to, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So I, there's probably a warrant for my arrest out there somewhere. If any police officers listen to this and you see something that's, I've had, I've had police called to my house before. It was a uh, misunderstanding. But if you have to come get me, just know that I was not trying to do anything. I am being wrongly accused. I was really trying to get a paper towel out from under the car and if you are somehow listening to this random person in Dollar General parking lot I apologize it was really weird and embarrassing but I had to get it you don't understand so Dax now has his paper towel and
0: he is um I think he threw it away when we got home I'm glad Dax uh, uh, next time I'll go to your house I'll I'll bring a ripped paper towel since he loves that so much
2: you know but it ticked me off that he th- I wanted him to sleep with it because he slept with he he threw it away as soon as we got home so Anyway, that was very disappointing. It was a really long story to tell you something so ridiculously stupid, Clay. But, it was good, though. But we've got a couple
0: really good storytellers with us tonight, so why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests? Today, we'll be joined by two people that was on staff, the head coach and assistant coach for the 1992 Girls Fifth Region Championship. We have Coach Kim Gooden and Coach Steve Martin. Guys, how are you guys doing tonight?
3: Doing fine. Glad to be with you, fellas.
0: Really happy to be here with you as well. Doing well. Uh, I was going to, Steve. This is your second time on here, so this is your, you know, you did this already once. So,
1: and I think my job tonight may be the same thing it was when I was an assistant, just making sure Coach Gooden doesn't get kicked out. (laughs) I (laughs) guess
0: you're there. Yeah, you're there for backup. That's all I I am tonight.
3: Yeah, I don't know how in the world he's not going to be able to reach and grab my shirt tonight, though, so I don't know what we're going to do. So I take it that that was an issue. I
2: take it that that's something Steve had to do a few times?
3: (laughs) Well, I think that's fair. I'll just stop right there on that. I think that's fair. Few sounds good to me. (laughs) Coach Good to start out with, did you ever get thrown out of the game? Coach Good yeah, was really get...
1: aggressive, and and it was always interesting to be around
3: her. <laughs> oh, the thrown out question. Um, <laughs> oh yes, I've been thrown out before.
2: <laughs> that makes two of us, Miss
3: Gooden. <laughs> <laughs> How many well, times? Well, good, do I'm you know? glad I'm. I'm You're glad not, not the only
0: one. Yeah, good. Coach Good, was it more than once?
3: <laughs> uh, yes, sir. It was.
0: <laughs> uh, now. Answer me this. I, I think I'm correct on this, but I could be dead wrong. Used to be three technicals, right?
3: Gosh. No, I think, yeah, I think on the third, I think it was on the third one, wasn't it, Steve? You, you left? can't remember now. I because tell co- you, I don't remember. Of
0: course, it's it's now two, but I, and if I, my info's wrong, it's coming from my father, so we can blame him, I guess.
3: She blacked but, uh, out,
0: Clay. She doesn't remember. But I think <laughs> I'm saying that it used to be three at one point. Well, it wasn't matter whether...
3: <laughs> unless you're really bad and then they get you on the first one.
1: <laughs> but it wouldn't matter if it was two or three, she earned all of them. So it's okay. <laughs>
0: hey, if you're going to do it, you might as well earn them.
3: Yeah, that's right. And slip knots have other uses besides getting your feet cleaned <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't I don't think I had you will, but I had oh, I was one of those
0: I was one of those strange county school kids.
3: I uh, okay, well, I had
0: yeah, I had Miss Gooden my sixth grade year because I moved from Sparksville for uh academic. Re- no, I'm just kidding. It was for sports, but uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I had Miss Gooden my sixth grade year at Johnny Dare.
3: Yeah, I thought I you you were at John Dare for a while, Clay. Yeah, I, had, so. I, was
0: the, I was the tall kid with the mustache. That was me. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, me. I tell you what. Uh, well, I don't know if James ever did, but uh, uh, LV had a mustache. I do remember that. Uh,
0: my dad did. And what, what's funny is my dad had it for years. And then one day he just went into the living room and he, he didn't have one. Didn't tell anybody. He was just like, he just <laughs> shaved it off and hadn't had it since. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well you can you can uh this is a good one for you clay um i don't remember if it was my sophomore or junior year but lv was my prom date. so I, that'd be when, a good one for you to remember
0: when you actually said lv i actually think i remember hearing that
3: <laughs> just thought you could tease him a little when you said oh yeah
0: <laughs> okay coach Gooden, and coach martin how did, okay, Coach Gooden first, how did the opportunity to be the girls coach at Dare County come about for you?
3: Well, I started out, I was Greg's assistant, Greg Barden, and he was able to get the counseling job at, at the high school. And I think he just thought that would be demanding. So he decided to turn in his resignation. And fortunately for me, they gave me an opportunity at the position I I'm, I can't remember but I mean Steve you can help me out on this but I don't think that uh, there was even like a search I think since I was assistant I believe Kermit Grider came to me out on the playground behind John Adair and had a conversation with me about that job.
0: Coach Martin now
3: how did you
0: become on Camp staff, was that something you was always the first year, or how did that process go?
1: No, I was really just teaching there at the high school, and Coach Gooden took the job as the head coach, and I think she approached me, as I recall, and asked if I would help her, and uh, we've been friends, and it's it's worked out for almost 40 years now, I guess, because it? it's been yeah. 30 since, so it's been a long time. We've been friends a long time, and I count her a dear friend, and I was just always happy to be her assistant. Uh, I never had a goal or a dream or a thought of being the head coach because I was, at that time, very content in being Coach Gooden's assistant. Now, when she resigned, I had some different opportunities, but uh, all my years of being her assistant, I was just glad to be by her side trying to help.
3: Well, and he was was so important to me, guys, in so many ways, and I, I couldn't have done it without him. And you're talking about some good times. Uh, he just always, always took care of me. I really appreciate him too. Good friend,
0: Coach Good. How many years did you coach in Dare County?
3: I was head coach. I think thirteen. I, I lose my head sometimes, and I have to go look at the record books. Uh, I think maybe my last year was ninety nine. Do you still have uh,
0: the, Do you still have the books at your house?
3: Yes, I have the record books from my years and some of the information. You know, Greg gave me when he got out, but I don't. I don't hold and possess any of his records, and, but I, I kept them here at the house. uh-huh.
0: Talking about, you know, of course we'll we'll talk about the '92 seasons, but what other season or what is something else that you're really proud of of the years you coach besides that '92 year?
3: Well, I think probably uh, one of the things that I'm probably the most proud of is how so many of our players. That Steve and I had have have been so successful, and um, we've had a you know a lot of kids uh, go on, and and we had you know kids play college ball, and we had just a lot of success after school as well as much as as we did, and on the court, and they also were good students. But I think the other memory besides the '92 thing. Would it, we won the district for the first time when Steve and I coached. And that was in, uh, I guess, was is that 84, 85, Steve? Or when was that? I can't remember. Maybe 88, 89. I can't remember. But uh, we, that was when Tanya Fees and Kim Clutterbuck were seniors. And that was our first district championship.
0: You won, you won two districts. Am I wrong in that, Kim? I don't want to shortchange
3: you. No, no. We did win two. But that was the first one. Make
0: sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, go to that 92 year, of course. When in that year did you think you guys had a shot?
3: You know what? We got excited when when we found out we were going to get to host. And I thought it gave us a legitimate chance. And Steve can correct me if I'm wrong. Then it became a little bit more hopeful when Central Harden wasn't in our bracket. And then it got really hopeful after Sis Roby and Marion County beat central harden because central harden had just literally i think i don't know steve was it 20 points they beat us by in the season i mean we just had a mental block yeah we had a terrible mental block and when marion county beat them i really felt like we had a chance and i know that sounds like last minute but it was it just like everything fell into place i can't explain it i I was scared to death the night of the finals, though, because Steve's mother had passed, and he wasn't there for that final. He came in after it was over. And that's probably, I know that's going to sound silly, but it's probably the most nervous I've ever been in my life was with him not being there. Well, from the sounds um, of it, you
2: must have been worried to death you were going to get thrown out of that game.
3: (laughs) Well, (laughs) David Jones was trying to help us, too, so I don't know who it was. Frightened the most, me or David? I <laughs>
2: coach Good and I joke because Seth was that for me. Seth would grab my belt loop. I'd stand up and <laughs> jump off that bucket, and Seth
0: would grab my belt loop. Every i was like, every good head coach has a good assistant with them because even even the best head coaches need that person below them. Of course, I never saw any of your teams play. But what type of offense did you guys do, or defense did you guys do?
3: Well, uh, on offense, we ran uh, mostly uh, offense. We called shuffle, which was Greg from Greg Barden. and I don't know where Greg got that. And then we had we ran a lot of sets. We had had those Steve had a lot of those kids in grade school, and that was one of the advantages that he and I had because he was trying to help do all the junior high stuff. And you know, actually, when he coached Monica and them as eighth graders. See, they knew our, they knew what we ran. They, you know, it was just, it was seamless. And, and I think that's so important. And part of our success is because he was taking care of a lot of that and, and the kids just kind of knew what was going on. And defensively, we mixed it up quite a bit. We liked to press when we could and we played a, played a lot of, probably too much zone, I guess, but uh, we played a lot of zone defense most of the time coach that actually is a great segue to my next
2: question because seth had done a little bit of digging and saw a news story on a promise that was made i guess coach martin when you had these girls the 92 group i guess or the girls that went to the state tournament when you had them in middle school they had made a promise that they would get to the state tournament By the time they graduated,
1: uh, do you remember that that at all, either one of you? That promise was made to Coach Gooden, so I'll let her tell the
3: story. Well, I just went into the locker room. Steve let me come in the locker room after they played that grade school. I guess it was maybe a conference tournament or something, Steve. I can't remember that part. But when I went into the locker room, I knew this was going to be a good group, and and they did. They promised that they would take us to the state tournament and – they sure did. It's amazing, really.
2: Did you believe them
3: when they told you that? Well, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, you know that team was quick, and and that's something that you know it's you just can't teach some some skills that kids are just you know God given talent and and when you can't quickness is a lot <laughs> you can do a lot of things when you're quick and uh, that group had a lot of quickness.
0: Coach of all the players you had. Who do you think is the toughest player you ever coached?
3: Oh, my gosh, that's not that's not a fair question. <laughs> mm, I'm not going to go out on a limb there because I'm telling you what, I had some gutsy players and um, uh, tough. You know, I I, I wish that some of the kids today could see, I mean, they, they see them in an alumni game, but they get no concept of the grit and the fight and the, uh, how to play aggressive basketball? You know, I had a lot of kids that they weren't they weren't afraid of contact because Steve would beat them to death with. We had an old worn out dummy bag or whatever you want to call them, and he would beat the thunder out of those kids and practice. So <laughs> that we did didn't we sound didn't, right. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't have to worry about lawsuits back then. Parents were all in our favor, I think. So uh, you know we. We just – we made them tough, too. And, I mean, I I think some of my overly aggressiveness and harshness, but they knew I loved them. And I think Steve would say that about me, too. You know, I would do anything for them, but I wasn't going to take anything either. They had to work hard. That was an expectation, and they did.
0: Coach Good, But I'm
3: not picking one. Y'all can't bait me into picking one. (laughs) No, you're fine. You're fine.
0: (laughs) Coach and Coach Martin. What's y'all's? What's your favorite memory of coaching? Y'all may have different stories for that, but what's y'all's favorite memory of coaching, guys?
3: Oh my goodness, man! We had so many good times, but I get tickled every time I think about. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, guys. But I get, I chuckle every time I think about him walking up to me at, at Glasgow, and telling me they wanted to put a microphone into my chair, and I said, absolutely not, <laughs> because. <laughs> I couldn't even believe he asked me, really, because <laughs> he knew I could be pretty rowdy. But I mean, we had so many, so many good times—not just on the basketball court, but off the basketball court too. A lot of, a lot of good scouting trips and uh, going to high school football games. There's tons of stuff we really enjoyed
1: uh, being together. I think I'll use my favorite memory of our time together, just of our friendship because I agree too, that was a big part of the year. But the year we did go to the states, she's already mentioned my mother had passed away that weekend, but I can remember walking into the gym when we had almost won, it was within like 15 seconds at the end of the game, and I hugged Coach Roby on the way by because Miss Fran Neat had put a sign up above the door there at the gym that said, we beat Marion County four times that year. And it said one was good, two was great, Three was district and four states. And she put mm-hmm. that sign above the door, and I still remember the sign. And mm-hmm. when I walked by Coach Roby, she hugged me because she knew my mother had passed. And then getting to hug Coach Good and knowing that we were going to the state tournament was a, a, a big impression in my life because that was a tough time. But the girls team was all there for mom's funeral, and that made everything good, too. So I'm going to call mm-hmm. it our friendship. That's my favorite memory.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Church. Coach Good, Coach Gooden, you talked about going to,
0: like, some football games. I don't know if there's anybody in Derrick County who's probably been to more sporting events than Steve Martin. So,
3: you know, <laughs> I feel like – I'll give an amen on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> growing up, I feel like every sporting event I went to, Steve Martin was there. Mm-hmm. It'd be Steve and his dad. It'd be Steve mm-hmm. and Dr. Rogers. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he had a crew right. there, and they he was always there.
3: That's right. No, he's just a staple in the Derrick County sports too. I, I mean, I, you know, people, people know he supports, and he, you know, he's always been that way. Always expecting to see him every time I went. And sometimes I got to be with him when we traveled together. We've been, we've even used to call. You're talking about funny high school football games. We were the color <laughs> and the play by play
0: and oh, good grief. You talking I, Lordy, I didn't know that. That I may need to dig into this one a little bit more. What years was this?
3: Oh, he'll have oh. to tell you dates. I'm terrible at dates. Oh, I John don't know. John Peck the was
1: coaching. of course yeah, he was a probably, don't, of ours. probably don't want to get you probably don't want to get the tapes. Um, <laughs> we had more time talking <laughs> to each other and laughing than we did probably carrying the football game. We're, we were no John Shelley and Scott Bennett, that's
3: for sure. <laughs> I was gonna say you, they,
0: they probably talked about food a little bit more than y'all did. <laughs>
3: well that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, it, it really kinda helped me become a more of a football lover you know I'm a Sunday afternoon parked in front of the TV and I'm really big on NFL I I like NFL more than I do college I guess but uh, it probably helped me become a football lover.
2: Well what I was going to do is kind of open up the floor and just let you all because I know you're both really good storytellers if you've got anything that you can recall from that 92 season that you want to make sure anything other than what we already Mm -hmm. mentioned obviously that uh, that you all want to talk about because we don't like what I mean. That was not to date anybody, but that was before our time. So yeah, we don't I really was, know all the questions to ask. I was born the mm-hmm. year after, so mm-hmm. yeah, me too. And so, oh, way to go, fellas.
3: From- they were born, <laughs> 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 way to go. <laughs> oh, mate.
1: Well, I'll tell one quick story because I think it shows how the year went at the state tournament. Uh, We had a nice core of seniors, but we also had a couple of sophomores that contributed to the team as well. And we, we, we played a lot of people. And when it came time for, we got beat. We won the first round of the tournament and got beat in the second round. And it was a questionable call on the sideline. And one of my best memories is when they interviewed Coach Gooden after the game and asked her about the tough call. It was a block charge and We did not get the favorable call. It went against us and may have cost us the game. A lot of things cost you a game throughout. But that year when they interviewed her after the game, she said the referees worked hard and tried to do their best, and it just didn't go our way. And I thought she handled that situation with as much class as anybody could have. So one of my memories of the state tournament was going to be the very end of it because she knew how to even handle herself in a loss.
3: And I tell you what, it that was. I guess part of that Steve would have been pure, you know, excitement of being there too. And because you know how it could be with referees, but uh, (laughs) uh, I appreciate your kind words there. And you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a time or a place to um, because they especially picked to be there, so they're they were obviously good at officiating and. It just wasn't the time or place to question a call, and think, but it was, uh, Steve always tells me, and, and he remembered it, because he, he reminds me of her name, so I never forget it, it's Heather Elrod is the one that hit that three from, that's from Warren East, so, so I'll always remember her name, that's for sure, <laughs> but, um, but we, uh, there was a lot of, you know, those kids, you guys know them now, they're a lot, of course, they're a lot older than you all are, but Those kids were just like a lot of kids. They would uh, fight like dogs over the silliest things. And you know how females can be. We have a lot of drama. But I tell you what, when that ball was tossed in the air, they absolutely fought tooth and nail for each other. And um, it was just, it wasn't a truly amazing group to coach. They weren't without their problems, as most teams do have some, but uh, they were a joy to coach, and we have a lot of uh, good memories from being with those kids.
0: Coach Gooden and Coach Martin, do you guys miss it any, or are you like, is it one of them things you did it? and You're glad you did it,
3: but it, time has passed. Well, for me, like last night, I went out and watched our girls play, and I'm surprised that Coach Bryant didn't come around because I was right behind the bench and tell me to, to settle down a little bit. Sure. I did have somebody text and tell me to calm down over there. that was on the other side of the gym, told me to calm down a little bit. But I get really emotional, excited. Games are fun. I, I miss coaching the game. I don't miss practice. I don't miss raising money.
1: <laughs> yeah, I-, I
3: miss the game. And those kids, I mean, the relationships that you have, the relationships you have with referees and other coaches, I do miss that. And sometimes when I'm out there at a game like that watching, I wished I was on that bench so bad. But, you know, my time has passed. So everything keeps moving on.
0: It's funny you said that, Coach Gooden, because I know my dad has been asked that before, and his answer is the exact same. He doesn't miss practices, but he misses the games.
3: Yeah, yeah. The strategy – the decision-making, the instantaneous decision-making and all those things, are—that's exciting. But I had a guy tell me, I said, when will I know it's time? And he said, when, when you don't want to go to practice. And uh, when I stopped, because my practice, Steve can tell you, my, my practices were down to the minute. I mean, we spent five minutes on literally, and we ran a clock during practice. Sounds and,
0: like a, uh, I, I played for Mark Fudge. It kind of sounds like his. He was very detailed, and it was down to a a certain minute.
3: Yeah, well, we we graduated together, so I don't know if there was something wrong with our class or what. But it, you but,
0: know, saying, but we were yeah. saying that Kim it wasn't was it. My dad, Mark, was, and you yeah, same it, class. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: It's amazing was, how many coaches
0: y'all had in that one class.
3: Yeah, well, that team of your dad's was pretty good too, and uh, James Burbage was on that team. They called him Foo, and um, you know that was a Red Nixon coach that year, and it was just it was a really really good good team too. And we had, uh, um, of course, I played. A lot of people forget I played, you know, back in the day, and uh, but uh, I've I, you know always been a Dare County girl, and always. I've been loyal to this county, and i just just really fortunate.
0: Kim, how good were you as a player?
3: Back then, people thought I was pretty good. You know, I I held the scoring record for a long time. And I remember when I was coaching with Greg, he turned around and looked at me. We had a Burbage, and, man, she was good. And uh, I was his assistant coach, and he turned around and looked at me and said, Kim, I'm going to let her break your record. And I said, you should. <laughs> You know, so he left her in there and she broke the scoring record that night. And, you know, so I think by I was pretty much a tomboy, guys, and I was rough, you know. So I guess that gave me an advantage back in that day and time over a lot of girls because I didn't care to make contact. I've been thrown up on Casey County's stage and I've thrown some people up on the stage. So <laughs> you know, I mean it was just it was just one it was just one of those one of those things. I was just an aggressive girl back then.
2: I kept myself
3: in the pretty good, I guess.
2: Were you a better basketball player or a golfer?
3: Oh, I was a better golfer for sure. I I think. <laughs> if you know, if you if you get right down to the nitty gritty, I was a better golfer because uh, fortunately I did win the region. And golf, too, as a player. So, I couldn't get us to the region in basketball. We got beat. Uh, Marion County beat us in my senior year. But we only played I, about 11 games that year. It was snow big time in 79.
2: I knew the answer to that question. But I always have been told, don't ask a question you don't already know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tell me, I'll go go ahead and tell a legendary story that kind of adds to this part of it, because when she was a player, she sprained her ankle terribly bad one night and to get her ready to play within the next couple of days, Greg Bard and her dad were on either side of her, making her run up and down the floor on a sprained (laughs) ankle. And she's crying, Mm -hmm. telling them to quit, and she can't (laughs) do it. And they're making her run because they thought that was the best way to loosen up that ankle. So I think that (laughs) desire to play also showed itself out when she came time to coach. She expected kids to play and expected them to play Mm -hmm. hard and wouldn't take excuses when they didn't play hard. And so I think that Mm -hmm. her attitude about playing made a big difference in how our teams
3: played, I think. Yeah, I wasn't much on excuses, yeah.
1: Steve, have you two
0: ever went out to the golf course and played? Oh, surely. And I have never won.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's not true. That's not true. You beat me you beat me once, I think. (laughs) (laughs) No. no. (laughs) No. Uh, I he's fun to play golf with. We have a good time.
0: Yep, coaching together, going on road trips. What is Coach Gooden and Coach Martin's go to place to eat if y'all are together when y'all are together scouting or doing whatever?
3: Oh my goodness. Is there any place beside McDonald's? I don't know. I don't I don't know. We never had classy meals or anything. We was always in a hurry. <laughs> we, yeah. we had a place to be and a place to go. So I don't know. I I whatever Steve thinks on that one, I can't remember. i I just know we grabbed burgers a lot and kept going.
1: I think I think that'd be it. My wife always says that for several years there I spent more time with Kim than I did with her. <laughs> and that was probably true <laughs> a certain times of the year, but uh, our friendship just continued to grow, and I'm I'm grateful for it.
3: Me too.
0: You know, we talked about y'all coaching together and stuff. Talking about Steve going to games, Kim, you go to games a lot as well. Do you guys enjoy still going to games and keeping up with the case sports?
3: Well, he does a better job at that than I do, but uh, of course, my niece is involved in coaching now, and it kind of draws you back a little because you can get caught up in your own little routine and it's a uh, fun kind of reliving it through her, watching her. And I really pushed her to play golf and I had no idea how much she loves basketball, but she's enjoying it now. And so it's brought me back into it and I enjoy going out. When Steve and I were there together the night, we talk a lot of sports and we're good bleacher coaches too, because, you know, we're good bleacher referees, too. I about got in trouble last night. Steve wasn't with me, and I had a personal conversation with the referee last night, right there, and I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought, uh, assistant principal Darnells I, I told him when I left, I said, did it make you a little nervous? You think I was going to get thrown out as a spectator? And uh, he was kind of chuckling at me. He said, no, he said, I it have been right there if I had him. So, uh, but I just joined with him a little bit. That's always fun.
0: Before we let you go, I want each other to tell a story on the other. What's <laughs> one? What's the best story uh-huh. of the other person that they would not want you to tell?
3: Oh, oh, oh,
0: man! That's that's
3: a. Tough I like one. this
0: one.
3: <laughs> Good grief! I, I'll tell you what. Kim, I don't. I don't know if I'll, I'm I'll going tell- there on that one.
1: Well, I was going to say, I'll tell the Slipknot story if you'll tell the Brandy Abel story. Okay, Garden. okay, that's okay. good.
3: I, be yes, all right. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're with me because that is, that is the best story on you. That is the truth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who's going you, first? Uh, let, me,
1: let me go first. Uh, we were playing at okay. Glasgow and had a, a referee that we all like. I'll say it that way. And Kim was getting a little upset, a little loud, and got her first technical sometimes she had trouble understanding that after you get the first one time to stop and she didn't stop and got the second one and she picked up a slip knot the little thing on the floor that you rub your shoes on to keep you from falling on the floor and just fired it back against the wall and thankfully there's no one sitting in that section of the bleachers where it could have been but it just smacked that wall and so they threw her out and she had to go into the, the locker room and just try to calm down and one of the referees looked at me and said would you please try to calm her down and I kind of laughed and said I, not, nothing I can do with her and so I went in <laughs> after the game and they were still trying to calm her down because they were trying to uh, trying to get us out of there but she for just a moment I'll say went a little overboard and throwing the slipknot knock, one of my favorite memories on Kim. that's a story she would want everybody to know but she threw a slip knot yeah. against the wall. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I that was that was uh you know, when I look back on some of that stuff, it's just literally crazy and I, I believe <laughs> I'm a, a better person today, but I tell you what, they're pretty noisy when they hit the bleachers. That was the, that's <laughs> why I got the pink. But but, but uh, yeah, Steve I tell you what, I'm glad you mentioned that, Steve. That is the best one on you. We were just getting, you know, we, our kids were playing so hard one night, and this this referee was just absolutely killing us. It was like it was like five playing six. It it was that bad. And Steve hollered at um, one of our players, and and Brandy Abel is who it was, and she even mentioned this to us at a softball game this year, and when we when we're out there watching. And uh, he told her to guard the official because he was killing us. And she did. He couldn't even see to call the game. She was all over him. Unreal guarding <laughs> that referee. And uh, I mean, that is that is one of the funniest th- things that I've ever saw happen. As a matter of fact, <laughs> as a coach and, and Brandy, she she was just she was she was that go through a wall for you type of kid. She didn't even question yeah. him when he said guard guard him, she did, and uh, <laughs> got, Steve got his point across. But I don't think he got thrown out for that. I got thrown out for the silliest stuff, and he didn't even get thrown out for that. I don't think.
1: Now, I've never, I've never been thrown out. I'm not one of those coaches that's been thrown out. <laughs> I've been <threatened laughs> never. Steve's wanted to make that very clear.
0: He's like, I'm not in that category. Don't put me in that. Category. <laughs> that's right.
1: But you are. Will. You never got thrown <laughs> I out try-
3: baseball. Hey, I, I, yeah, I, mean, I tried
0: hard. N- I tried hard that day. Yeah, Will thrown out. I was, the
2: time, Will got thrown out. I was, I was, out. I was work, Coach Gooden, I got out and ran, tried to pretend to run the bases, and they wouldn't throw me out. And I finally, <laughs> he, the man told me, uh, the only reason he threw me out is because he told me that I needed to leave the field, and I said, this is my field. And so he threw me out. to <laughs> tell me it wasn't mine. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, I I can't tell you how many times Steve's got on me for uh, uh, getting a technical while we had the ball, you know, because when you get a technical, you know, he would say, come on, Kim, it's always better to get it when they got the ball, because you're going to give them a technical and and give up the ball if you get it (laughs) always He would always say, not now, wait just a minute, not yet. So.
2: We really have had a great time. We could talk to you all night, but we won't keep you any longer. We we appreciate both of you. Tickled to death that you agreed to come on. I think this one's going to do really well. People love to, to hear from both of you. You've actually both been requested. Steve's been on before, and I've had people wanting him back on again. We've had people request Coach Gooden. So we really appreciate you spending the time to talk to us, and thank you again for, you know, as coaches you have – impacted a lot of people and i i speak for all of them i think when i say thank you for the time that you put in because it's a thankless job being a coach and sometimes you get the reward of state tournament runs and things like that but most oftentimes you don't get that thanks just the gratitude is is shown in the success of your players after they get done and and how they treat you and how they remember you and i know that you all have impacted so many people and so I appreciate you both for that. So thank you very much.
3: Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate it, guys.
2: Glad to be on with you anytime. Thank you, guys. Thanks. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. Clay, I always like to have Coach Martin on, and I didn't know Coach Gooden very well. Uh, like she said, I didn't have her in school, but she was, a, she was a ball of fun, too. I really enjoyed both of them. I hope we can get them on more because they, I'm sure they've got a whole lot more stories than what they were able to tell in a half
0: hour. Yeah, they were excellent. Like I said, I've known both of them for a while, but they're – both really good coaches and such a great listen and have a great admiration for one another that was oh, that's, really good to that's that one thing really you could see that was one thing you could tell is you know they only really coach with each other but they're genuine legit friends yeah and you know we get
2: we're in a day and age now where you don't see that a whole lot even head coaches and assistants sometimes they you know, sometimes the assistant might have a whether they do or don't, sometimes the head coach is always looking over their shoulder at the assistant and kind of afraid of what they are gonna what they've got up their sleeve, what they're what they're trying to do with their job. But those two that is definitely one hundred percent not the case. They were a, a tandem, it seemed like. They really enjoyed each other's company and still friends to this day, so that's awesome. Well, Clay, moving on into our next segment. This is brought to you by Jeffreys Hardware. Jeffreys is known to have what you need for your next project. Milwaukee Power Tools, Porter Paint, Rental Center, they've got it all. So go see the folks at Jeffreys Hardware, the friendly hardware store. Also brought to us by Bluegrass Retrievers. They breed AKC-registered silver Labrador Retrievers. Contact Kyle Young at 270-634-8135 for more information and questions. Make sure to go follow them on Facebook or updates on litters. Clay, before we... Head out for the night. Why don't you tell us what the boys and girls have going on this week?
0: Boys have a pretty long trip, to say the least. They're going to be going to Nicholas County. be honest with you, don't know much about Nicholas County besides its far. And on the 30th, the boys will go to Monroe County. Spent many nights in Monroe County actually playing basketball with some Monroe County kids. Shout out Chad Wilson. Then the girls are going to be taking a Christmas tournament in Gatlinburg I mean they can get all the fudge they want they can go to the Grand Ole Opry go to Dixie Stampede you know so I'm sure they're gonna have a good time in Gatlinburg
2: awesome that sounds like a lot of fun hopefully we get a few wins out of that as well but most importantly I hope they go have a good time down there it's always good to together and play some ball with your friends so well this next segment is brought to you by absolutely no one so usually what we do Clay gives me a random business from Columbia, and if, when you hear the name of that business, and you go there throughout the week, just let them know that we talked about them on the show.
0: So, Clay, what's your business for the night? The business I'm going to talk about tonight is Leo Taco, which basically everybody talk, calls the taco truck. Will, I don't know if you ever had it, but I'll tell you what, I eat it a pretty good amount, and I love it. I, I get chicken tacos, which is great. You get quesadillas, which is good. They've got nachos. I see someone like John Shelley there a lot. I know Ty Bennett, Ty Bennett eats, I think, five every week. Five oh, wow. chicken tacos every week. So, I mean, you've got some people who, and you'll stand in line for it because it's so good, but it's a great tacos. It's great at anything. I think they've even got burgers. I'm not sure why you'd get burgers there, but, you know, I think they have that option. Well, wow.
2: I've had it a couple times. It sounds like you're very passionate
0: about it. What's your recommendation this. hang out there. I also say this our producer Seth Dunbar probably gets the hot, but Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. It's hot stuff too. Oh my I tell you what, the mild is pretty hot, so I, I can't even imagine the hot hot. <laughs> Leo taco and it's usually across from uh track, track supply track supply. I never go on track supply as well. I, I ain't much into tractors and you know Or I'm their not. supplies. Or their supplies, so I just kinda I just okay. stay uh, a little bit away from there. But Leo Taco on Thursdays, great great choice to eat lunch. Awesome. Well,
2: we always want to hear from you. If you like the show, have suggestions, or just want to give us a shout-out, we're on Twitter at tribe 44 Podcasts, Facebook, and we have the Mark Fudge text machine at 302-924-2244. And Clay, if you don't have anything else, this has been the Tribe44 Podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your preferred method of podcasting just to make sure you don't miss any of the content. We will talk to you all later and hope you have a wonderful new year. We'll see y'all.
0: Let's go. Despite what you do, who you are, just stay true
1: when you grind and go hard. I'm a real go-getter, put Columbia on the map. If you think I'm playing, yeah, you think I'm playing. Because I'm going to go hard and I'm going to do it for my street.
2: Awesome. Well, speaking of John and Eric, I'm going to take you outside of basketball for just a second. Do you remember possibly the only time our producer Seth Dunbar, ever got in trouble in school? He claims was when you gave him Saturday school or some kind of detention or something. Do you remember that?
3: He brought that to my attention in a softball game. I had really, you know, blanked that out of my mind. I think because Seth is, uh,
2: Seth's a great person. <laughs> but he's he uh, he never forgets.
3: <laughs> yeah.